0: Well, good day to you, podcast listeners. Welcome to the 2nd of January 2019 Hong Kong Stories Podcast. I'm Rachel Smith. The new year is one day old today, and that means we're one day into our resolutions. Maybe you've decided to exercise more, or to be kind to your colleagues, or to explore your surroundings more frequently. Whatever you've decided to do, the key to any changes you may be making. Is persistence. And as we walk in the wind and chill here in Hong Kong this week, we'll be listening to Amelia's story, which will inspire us to persevere and not give up on our goals. After Amelia, we'll hear a poem written by Henrik Hogue from his book Away with Words. Before Amelia, though, big thanks go out to our Hong Kong listeners in the past year and in the future. We've found overwhelming support from our hometown crowd in 2018, and we're looking forward to bringing you more stories told live in Hong Kong in 2019. Thanks go out too to our international listeners, and today we give a shout out to listeners in Hull in the UK, Toronto in Canada, and Incheon, South Korea. Thanks to everyone who lets our stories into your ears. If you're looking for more information about how to become involved, past podcasts, social media feeds, and so much more, go to hongkongstories.com and find everything you've ever needed to know about us. Our storytellers may be reeling slightly from the excesses of holidays in Hong Kong, but that does not mean that they're not hard at work on our first show for 2019. Held on the Fringe Club on 30th of January, our first show will have the theme, New Territories. Tickets are available via ArtMate. Hong Kong Stories. It's better than comedy. It's better than drama. It's real life. And now for my show in October 2018, which had the theme, Home, here is Amelia. Amelia.
1: So we have all got a Hong Kong story, a reason why we are lucky enough to call this slightly smoggy, frantically glorious city home. And for most people, it's fairly straightforward. Lots of people were born here and the rest of you probably relocated for work. Uh, But some of us have a slightly more ridiculous reason as to why we call Hong Kong home. And in my case, it's because a couple of years ago, I was recklessly stalking a boy who I was in love with. And things got slightly out of control on, a, on an international scale. And in the end, I traveled eight time zones in the hope that he might fall in love with me too. Now, technically, technically, stalking is illegal. But sometimes it's, it's permissible to disregard the law if you live by a higher moral code. And in my scenario, that higher moral code was called being a romantic an extremely single, 26-year-old romantic. So back in 2011, I was living in London, and I went to Zurich for the weekend to stay with a friend. And I'd, I'd been in Zurich for probably about two hours when I was introduced to an English boy called Percy. I know, the fact that his name's funny is hilarious. Um, <laughs> I'll come back to that point. So uh, on top of being a romantic, I am also prone to grand melodrama and... Wildly sweeping statements, which, which is slightly a deathly combination. And it's for that reason that after only 15 minutes of meeting this boy, I decided that of all the men I had ever met in my entire life, he was without doubt the loveliest and that we should marry at once. <laughs> I would love to tell you that he felt the same. Uh, but being a predictable 26-year-old boy... Percy was more inclined towards the briefer version of falling in love, which is called falling into bed. <laughs> which, lucky for him I was on board with. Don't judge me. Uh, so, anyway, we spent a wonderful weekend together at the end of which I maintained my original opinion that he was the loveliest man I'd ever met. And I was pretty convinced that this was the love affair that would dance me right down the aisle into eternal happiness. So I gave him my number, I got on the plane back to London, And I waited to hear from him so that the grand love affair could begin. (laughs) The grand love affair did not begin. (laughs) Because what 26-year-old romantic girls do not understand is that pragmatic 26-year-old boys have absolutely no interest in a long-distance relationship. But I was oblivious to that fact. So uh, instead, I would take every opportunity to email him or get in touch over the most tenuous point and I'd spent hours crafting these emails, thinking whether i knew use the definite article, or the, you know, the indefinite, did I say lots of love, much love, did I put kisses? And then I'd finally hit send, and I'd hold my breath, and I'd think the reply's coming any moment. And then a week or two later, <laughs> once I'd passed out from self-asphyxiation, I'd finally get a reply, and it would be polite and charming, uh, but entirely without any form of dedications of love. On brief occasions, our, our paths would actually cross, quite by chance. Um, I know. <laughs> it's very tough not to come across as a psychopath um, in this story. So, and you're never gonna believe what I'm about to say. Like when by total coincidence, I promise, I was offered a job working for his best friend. There's, a, there's, there's more to this, but I, I'm quite aware that um, I, I viewed this as the gods getting on side to bring us together. And it was just a beautiful, happy accident. But I am conscious that from your perspective, I'm probably one step away from boiling a bunny. <laughs> but I didn't. Uh, there were there were some brief flashes of encouragement, uh, like when he took me on one, the one date he did take me on when he visited London, which was swiftly followed a year later by an invitation to a drinks party that he was holding again in London as he planned his relocation to Hong Kong. Now, I went to that drinks party. I knew no one. And I went. I went dressed up to the fucking nines. <laughs> and, and completely full of Dutch courage. And I said hello to Percy and I decided, you know, he had a lot of people to see, so I thought what I'd do is i kind of work the room in like a Bridget Jones-style <laughs> way and i'd introduce myself to all of his friends who by the end of the night would be going up to him saying who is that incredible girl you've got to marry her she's (laughs) divine so i was feeling quite optimistic and i'm chatting to one of his university friends when this guy casually mentions that percy has a new girlfriend and i don't know if you can picture this but a dagger went directly through my little optimistic heart and I made my excuses as quickly as possible and I, um, I headed for the bus and I wept drunkenly all the way home on the bus as I Facebook stalked his new girlfriend. <laughs> she was called Rose. Mm. Anyway, so despite all of this, despite really very little to encourage me, I maintained my slightly ludicrous belief that he was the loveliest man ever and that we were meant to be together. So this whole ridiculous story meets its culmination in the autumn of 2013, when I'm planning a trip to Australia to see family over Christmas. And I realize, because the, because the like, ludicrous stalker in me is alive and well, and I realize that Hong Kong is the perfect stop-off destination for a flight from Heathrow to Melbourne. So I email Percy casually, and I say, look, I'm passing through Hong Kong. Uh, For a day or two, sometime around Christmas, um, I've got 110 billion other people to see, by the way, Percy, but if you're free, I might might have a chance to, to, you know, see you for five minutes. And the the first amazing thing is he replied quite quickly, um, but he said, yes, he'd love to see me, and did I need somewhere to stay? Right? So I hit reply before he could change his mind, and I... And I said, yes, I'd, I'd love someone to stay. Um, would he mind if I stayed for five days rather, rather than the aforementioned two? And would it be at all inconvenient if I were to actually stay for Christmas Day itself? I know. How, how I haven't been sectioned, I have no idea. But he, he came back and he said yes to all of my requests. So departure day is looming, and like all experienced stalkers, I did my pre-flight reconnaissance of the target. And it's there that things started to come undone. Because first of all, I discover that he has yet another new girlfriend. Claire. And it turns out she will be joining us for Christmas. So the dagger's gone through my heart again, and that information is swiftly followed by a text message from Percy saying that he's just off to buy a new bed for the spare bedroom, so that I've got something to sleep on. And I start to realize that this is just about the worst idea I have ever had. (laughs) That, genuinely, I had met this boy six times before, and I'm about to fly across the world for him. That, you know, there is a difference between romance and lunacy, and I crossed that line, like, quite a while ago. (laughs) And that the only possible outcome for this whole stupid plan is that my heart will be savaged, and I will be miles from anyone who loves me to be able to pick up the pieces. But there's good news, because the gods got back on side. And by the time I landed in Hong Kong, the girlfriend she'd gone. Yeah, gone. I didn't kill her, by the way. I didn't have a hitman. Sorry. She's alive. She's living somewhere. I think she's in Wales or something. Anyway, she's gone. She's gone. So with her out of the way, that uh, left us open to five of the most incredible days I've ever had. We hiked on Lantau, we ate at the China Club, we drank those turbo mojitos at Havana's that get you really, really drunk, and the bed in the spare room never did get used. Oh, I haven't finished. I haven't finished. I love that you love the love. Uh, So by the time I got on the flight to Melbourne... The unimaginable had happened, and I had changed from being Percy's mildly unhinged stalker to being his mildly unhinged girlfriend. I know, well done me, right? And, um, and then, once on board with the idea of falling in love with me, Percy actually moved quite quickly, which is surprising given his um, history. And, uh, and within two months, he asked me to move to Hong Kong to live with him. And uh, six months after that, I landed in Hong Kong with every worldly possession that Cathay would permit me to bring under 23 kilos. <laughs> and, and i just unpacked those 23 kilos um, when we were going out for dinner, and I turned around to find Percy on one knee asking me to be his wife. I know. I'm still not done. Uh, but thanks. Um, yeah, I know. <laughs> Oh, he's going to hate this. So, a year later we married, and three weeks before our first anniversary, our son was born. Oh. And uh, despite some fairly hideous flatulence that he no longer thinks necessary to hide from me, I maintain my opinion that he is indeed the loveliest man I've ever met. So here's the thing. People might think the rider for this story is the fact that I stalked my husband into loving me. But I think the more important thing to focus on is the fact that it took a man two years to come to the same realization that took this woman 15 minutes.
0: (laughs) Some people take longer than others to find their way. When you feel it's the right time to tell your story to the world, Go to hongkongstories.com to find out how. You may also be asking yourself why people share these stories on our stage and in our workshops, and the answer is for many reasons. First, storytelling humanizes us. It shows us that whatever it is that we've done, however silly, desperate, unplanned, amazing, brave, or just plain ridiculous, we're not alone. Someone listening to each story is nodding their heads and saying, that happened to me once. Second, our process teaches you how to tell your story better. After listening to and coaching hundreds of storytellers, our team is really good at finding the best way for you to tell your story to its full potential. And finally, where else can you stand on stage In a world-class city, in a beautiful heritage building, in the heart of Hong Kong, in front of a sold-out audience of 80 kind, generous, and attentive people, and hone your public speaking skills. Go to the website hongkongstories.com to find out how you can tell your best story. Did I mention that we're also a non-profit society? You should probably know that too. Now, for a poem from Hendrik Hoag from his book Away with Words Internal dialogue. Slow down, buddy, slow down. Be thankful. Talk to yourself. You outrace yourself too quickly, you forget yourself too easily. Slow down. You were never rash or hurtful when you took a measured pace. Donate time to yourself to think. Pause at life's crossroads. And remember that the third option, going back, sometimes that's the best path. Remember your mother's words, intelligent people are never bored, and what those words mean to you. Remember your friends, Be there for them as they have been there for you. Slow down. But don't stop for more than one deep breath, one glance around, one lesson learned. Then exhale and put one foot in front of the other. Thanks for listening to this story brought to you by Hong Kong Stories. Special thanks go out this week to Edward, who took care of all the storytellers in the October show. We appreciate all your work, Edward. The music for this podcast was created and performed by Andrew Robert Smith. Everyone has a story to tell. May your week be filled with a shy smile from a stranger, a miniature delight, and a whole lot of fun.